The opinions expressed in the following video are not in their entirety endorsed by this podcast. They are instead the focus of our discussion today. This is your content warning. Theoretically, if my husband came to me and said he felt called to stay at home and maybe just take care of our puppy and I was going to go be the breadwinner for the family, what would you have to say about that? I mean, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Could you respect a man who didn't go to work? No, that's why I married a man with a job. <laughs> yeah. If you marry a guy and you go to work and he stays home, what you have is not a husband, but a little brother. Mm. And good luck being attracted to that guy. Good luck honoring and respecting that guy. And good luck with him raising daughters who are going to get into a healthy relationship. And good luck for that guy raising sons who are going to grow up to be anything other than a dependent Democrat on the government for the rest of their life. There's an infinitesimal percentage of guys who are stay-at-home dads. Most are just lazy jackalopes and probably running around with the nanny and mm -hmm. trying to hook up at the play dates. So mm -hmm. those are just nasty guys. And they can go ahead and comment because they got free time <laughs> and I won't respond because I'll be at work. Joshua, it is great to see your smiling face this morning. Uh, I usually don't have a smiling face in the morning, so I'm, I'm glad that you got you to see it. Is that what it is? Have you had your coffee? Is that is that is that the key? I am on my third cup, and I'm I'm mad because I broke my mug. I was oh, walking no. to get coffee, dropped my mug, and it shattered. And so now I have to use you know the the the, the equivalent of a communion cup for coffee. The styrofoam. <laughs> That is, that's up there with, you know, I don't, I, not to trivialize actual bad feelings, but that is one of the worst feelings, right? When you, when you well, drop something that moment. For me, I might as well just have the whole pot sitting right. here to drink out of and just, skip the cup. Well, I mean, it just, when you drop a coffee mug and it, like everything freezes in time, you just have to hope that it doesn't shatter and inevitably it does. And it's yep. always your favorite. Uh, yep. But anyway, good to see you today. Uh, and welcome back, man. This is a, our 20, this is season three, if that's what you want to call it. Season three, episode one is tw episode 25, well, which means we've well. officially been doing this for over two years now, which is, is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, but this is your content warning, a Bible meets culture podcast where we break down modern theology versus biblical content. I'm Nathan, that's Joshua, and the dashing man uh, who is in the room with us, Dr. Ryan Frazier, has uh, humbly agreed to join us today. Uh, one of my favorite professors at Free Hardeman. He is also a licensed counsel, uh, licensed clinical pastoral therapist. Uh, that is a mouthful, but he does uh, full-time teaching as well as, do you call it full-time counseling or part-time counseling? Or no. Hey, guys. No, it's definitely um, part-time. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but thrilled to have you on. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your day to join us. Uh, we thought uh, you were honestly one of the first people that, that popped into our heads when we started talking about this particular topic uh, and uh, the family, the role of members of the family, uh, family dynamics in general. Uh, and it's an exciting topic, not only because, uh, you know, we all have our own families, but because this is a, a topic that seemingly uh, is brought up just cycles through over and over and over and over again. What are the roles of, of husbands, wives, children's, uh, so on and so forth. That's right. So, um, but yeah, so jumping right into it, our video today is brought to us by Mark Driscoll. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with who that is, he's been one of the most, uh, I'm going to say infamous, uh, definitely polarizing characters in the religious community over the last two decades, really. Uh, he began a church out in Seattle called Mars Hill. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with that story, there's a whole podcast that will take you maybe two weeks to listen to because of how in-depth it is. Um, but he's currently... Uh, preaching, we'll say, at a church called Trinity Church uh, in the Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona area. Um, and he really uh, prides himself on, uh, I guess, what's what's the word we use? Clickbaitish, Joshua? Is that is that the right thing? That, that sounds sound pretty bite. good to me. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a soundbite guy. Uh, he always has been, and he throws out some pretty bold claims today. Uh, before I get you guys' first impressions on the video, I do want to say that if you go and you watch the original video um, and you look at the full video description, he does give a disclaimer. So he gives the exceptions uh, of men who are disabled, men who are ill, or men who are in full-time school uh, who do not have jobs. He said those are exceptions, but he's basing the video off of the rule, not the exception. 
Okay, so we'll just kind of give that bit of clarity because again, we, we we struggle sometimes with these TikTok videos to put them in their entire context and their clarity. So he does give that exception, which I do appreciate. Uh, but Joshua or Dr. Fraser, either one, let me get your first impressions uh, on the video as a whole. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, I I sent you the video. It was one I was scrolling yeah, on Instagram and uh, it came up and, you know, my Instagram is, there's two videos on it. There's one of stand-up comedians and there's ones of of theology and preachers. So I don't know what that tells about me, but that's the algorithm for my videos on Instagram. But when I, when I saw this, I was actually thinking about using some of it for um, a Father's Day lesson and wound up not working where I was preaching on Father's Day. So I got to ignore that. But, you know, the, it's like you said, he's, he says things in an interesting way that make you want to listen. They're somewhat provocative. They're very uh, bold and, and crass and rigid in some senses, the content of what he says can be rather valuable, but the way he says it can come across in a, a different way where the message is lessened by what he, or by how he says it, which is a problem I think for a lot of preachers or the opposite problem is where we're so gentle that the message isn't received at all. So uh, as Dr. Uh, Billy Smith used to say in our preaching classes, you have to find balance. And uh, I don't know that, Mark Driscoll found balance in this video, but the 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 content, I, I am concerned about the message of the content for two reasons. Number one, I think it shows, um, I think it displays a different view of the family from an ultra traditional realm and does not allow for the possibility of anything else. So I'm glad you gave the disclaimer at the beginning. Uh, about that. I didn't, I never thought about any of that, but, um, and also I, I think too, there's such a movement in our society for the heightening of both masculine and feminine roles, be it in marriage or just in life, uh, as a, as a response to maybe the LGBTQ transgenderism movement and so rather than looking at scripture and saying, okay, this is what scripture says a man and a woman should do in a family, we're putting those on super steroids. And I think that can be uh, equally as dangerous. So those, those are just some preliminary thoughts that I had. I got you. I'll jump in. Guys, it's, it's great to be with you today. Appreciate the, the invite. Um, I think it might be, it might be good to just to, articulate what's at the the heart of the the videos so the question is is raised essentially is it okay for men to be stay-at-home husbands while the wife works outside the home or another way to put that kind of dad be a stay-at-home dad or a homemaker and um it's uh it, it's an interesting question you know particularly just thinking culturally with with the rise of remote and uh, some pretty flexible work models these days. So it's becoming more common for fathers to work from home, um, to take care of, of the children while maybe still contributing to family income. But uh, then there's the other side that uh, might be concerning with those that have kind of forsaken their careers to to focus on child rearing and maintaining the, the daily household chores. And so um, the issue to me is, is maybe less of an, um, of an ethical question uh, or even a theological question and maybe more of a psychological type of question, just the way that men are wired uh, to, to work, to have purpose, to have more structure. Uh, I know I'm stereotyping a bit here, but, but in general, I think, you know, um, this idea of a stay at home dad in our, in our culture might sound good and well. And, you know, there's comments made in, in, uh, behavioral psychology and developmental psych that, fathers are just as good at, at nurturing children as mothers are, uh, that's not been my experience. Uh, mm -hmm. That's not been my observation. And so I, I think it, 
it just it raises some other pragmatic questions. Of course, we'll talk about the theological, ethical side, but but the psychological aspect and the sociological aspect is is maybe um, in in my way of thinking as a, as a counselor and a, a um, theology professor. Um, that's more in the crosshairs for me than the the theological question about is this morally right or wrong. Right. No, I I love that. Um, to me, when when I first watched the video, the first thing that I thought of is is something that he does pretty generally is is he speaks in in very very broad generalities, um, and he definitely paints, in my opinion, um, <clears throat> opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. And I think, Joshua, that's kind of what you were hinting at. There there tends to be from both sides. Right. Any sort of pushback requires me to push back even further. And so what happens is instead of finding balance under some sort of middle ground, if there is any, we end up pushing ourselves further and further and further to the extremes. Um, and so he paints this picture that that, in my opinion, right, the, the first impression I got from the video was he's painting this picture that uh, if if you don't work, uh, you cannot be a good father. You cannot be a good husband. You cannot, uh, you are no doubt going to try to run around on your wife, right? With the nanny, uh, you are going to be, and again, I don't even want to touch on the political statements that he made, because that just seems so far out of the realm of, of, of the discussion that I think he just threw it in there just because he knew it was going to get some more, some more sound bites um, out of it. But I, I don't like, uh, the, the, the broad generalities. Um, and again, I understand that you can't necessarily paint every conversation around every single what if that shows up. Uh, but I think that it's important to, to kind of determine some of those things and to understand that there are rules, there are exceptions, but everybody's got their own life story, which kind of brings into this, this first little part that I want to talk about. Um, he makes the comment, right, that, uh, that if you are married to a man uh, who, who desires to be a uh, stay-at-home dad, right, who desires to not work is what he says. He says you don't have a husband, you have a little brother. Uh, and he says that if that's the case, then, you know, good luck being attracted to that guy, good luck being, you know, being able to respect that guy, good luck having that guy raise uh, daughters or sons that know anything about anything, basically is what he says. And so that kind of leads us into this first question what are those family roles that we're supposed to be looking after, right? Because clearly, I think most of us would agree, there's a drastic difference between a husband and a brother. And those roles are very different, even from, you know, just a, a biological standpoint, those things are incredibly different. Um, and so give me your give me your take on that. And, and what are those defined family roles that maybe we have from from a you know, psychological perspective or theological perspective? And then uh, I think that we absolutely have to talk about at some point, and, and you guys can tell this if you want, those family roles are without a doubt shifting. Um, anybody mm -hmm. that argues that the modern, what I'm going to call the modern family role or the, the way a family looks is, is absolutely shifted uh, over the last just, you know, five to 10 years and continues to do so. So give me, give me some of your thoughts on that. Go ahead, I'll, Dr. Treasure. I'll jump in. You know, oh, I, I would like just, I think, for a, a minute to think about um, just work in general and how that work has always been part of God's original purpose uh, for which uh, God created people. So really his first words to Adam and Eve were instructions for what they were to do, right, including subduing the earth, ruling over the creatures, uh, Genesis 1, 28. Uh, he gives Adam the job of working the garden, taking care of it, Genesis 2, 15. Uh, one of his first tasks are naming all the animals, Genesis 2, 19 through 20. And so work is what's created before the fall, right? So that's important, before the fall. And it's given to Adam and Eve as part of making their lives meaningful. And uh, this was, there was no paycheck involved, right? So work was part of the purpose for which we were, we were and are created. So my issue, you know, I, I come back to this, to the, the bigger question with uh, stay at home dads or fathers um, being, you know, primarily, I'm responsible for the chores of maybe child rearing and 
such like. It, to me, maybe more than a paycheck question, it's a work question. They're guys that stay at home that do a, an amazing job. I can think of several right now whose wives may be uh, working on their doctorate degree. And so the husband's staying at home and is, um, t- you know, kind of taking the primary responsibility for this period of time. And it's work. I mean, they're, they're working, they're contributing to the larger picture of their household. I have zero problem with that. I think the flip side are dads that stay at home and play video games all day or are on pornography all day or, you know, just not really uh, contributing to to the well-being of the family. And that's, to me, that's the rub. It's a work question. How are we, people contribute in different ways. And so how are we contributing? Are we contributing? And is it fair? Is it a fair way of providing for our family? We provide in different ways as well. So I think just that, um, is it equitable? Is there balance in it? Um, Because goodness, staying at home all day, some women are not cut out for that. And, you know, it's, it, it can really be hard, hard work being the primary caregiver for, for the children. But um, so those are just some initial thoughts. And uh, I, I don't think it's got to do with masculinity or femininity. It's just sometimes it's pragmatics and what, what yeah. needs to be done for this period of time for a well, family. Yeah. And so I want to, so I just want to hit very briefly on something you said right there, because I've seen um, in, in the short amount of work that I've done that, when you when you don't allow for any give and take, when you don't allow for any balance, what you'll find is is you've got women who are dead set on being stay-at-home moms. And so that's what they do with their first child or their second child or whatever. They want to be a stay-at-home mom. And they quickly realize that maybe maybe they're not cut out to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And, and then you run into this issue of, well, now they've got to deal with guilt and grief and, and all these different emotions that come from I think in a lot of their minds, a sense of failure, right? Like we've, we've propped up this idea that, that if you want to be a good mother, you have to be able to stay at home with your children and take care of them. And, and if you don't, if you don't think that postpartum depression uh, is contributed to by that, just uh, that setup and that expectation that people have externally, maybe internally, think again, I mean, that can really contribute to, to a woman uh, being at the end of her rope right? emotionally. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think that's the danger of taking it to the extreme when you're defining what those family, because, and again, not to get too far off base, right? Because there are, there are definitely theological principles and, and roles that, that God has established for the family. Um, and so maybe role is not the right term, but each family has different dynamics to it, right? Maybe that's a better word than role. Um, and I think when you when you pigeonhole, for lack of a better term, somebody in those specific dynamics that maybe don't work for your family, you also do way more harm than good. Yeah. Let me jump in here real quick, Nathan. Yeah. There, there's um, one thing that the video begins with that I think is really important for us to remember when we talk about this is uh, Mark Driscoll begins with saying, if your husband comes to you, speaking to the wife, and says, I have a calling to be a stay-at-home husband. I, I think that frames it differently. Now, we're not going to get into callings and what, what that is or isn't, but it it does seem that from the outset in the video, there's a, a an underlying reason for this man to want to stay at home and that it's God leading him into this. And whether that's an excuse to stay at home and... Um, you know, be play video games all day or run around with the nanny or be on the computer with pornography or whatever, or whether it's a truly God led thing, you know, that's, that's something that uh, is debatable based on situation. But another thing too, and and I'm Dr. Frazier uh, brought this up and you expanded on it too, Nathan is man was called to work in Genesis two, but woman was created to help man in that work. And uh, you have many instances throughout both the Old and New Testaments 
of women who are working. So there's a movement now in many different aspects of church, and I'll put church in air quotes, to say women uh, don't need to work. They need to stay home. They need to be homemakers. And any other thing besides that is uh, an offense against God. And I think we'll look at Proverbs 31 and the virtuous woman who works, who with her own income bought a field so that she could work to produce certain things. And that with that work, her husband is blessed. Uh, You know, I I don't know what to make of her husband. He's he's uh, well known in the city gate. Verse uh, 23 says, but it doesn't seem that he is one working. She's the one working and he's the one receiving glory. He's blessed because of her. Uh, but then you also have something else, which is those uh, that feminine quality of being a homemaker and a masculine quality of being the the one who provides. And and I I remember a conversation I had early on in my ministry career with a very dear lady who I'm very good friends with. She's a member here, and um, we were I was just getting to know her at the time, and uh, I, I said, "Well, you know, what did you?" what did you do for a living? Um, And and at the time she wasn't working and she said, well, I was a stay at home mother. Well, stay at home insert role is Mm -hmm. a job. Mm -hmm. And, and I very firmly believe that whether it's stay at home father or whether it's stay at home mother, but just stay at home is not right. Right. So there, there has to be some kind of defining role there. So uh, I, I think the issue is a lot broader than what we might uh, see on the surface. Uh, that's that's really what I wanted to say. I I like to jump in too. I you know I think about just a couple of, of other biblical examples. I think about um, Aquila and Priscilla, mm-hmm. uh, both uh, tent makers. You know, working side by side with the Apostle Paul there in in Corinth. I think about Lydia. Um, seller of purple in Philippi in Acts 16, you know, so we, we see some different roles, but coming, I think coming back to just the way that we are, we were create created, um, just as God, God models an incredible work ethic in, even in the creation, um, and to me, a, a big part of man's and when I say man, I mean males. Personal identity and our self worth is pretty closely connected uh, to our work, to our career. Um, it does it does provide structure, provides purpose, meaning, balance, uh, rhythm to our our life. It's a way for us to contribute for the benefit of society as a whole, as well as uh, provide for our our family, and there's that old saying: "Idle hands are the devil's workshop." You yeah. know, so I, I so I don't think we're talking about that. We're talking about maybe situations where men are staying at home, are the the primary um, kind of running the household while the wife is working. Maybe she's a a medical doctor, or maybe she is you know an attorney or something along those lines. And so trying to bring, bring balance there, but irrespective of that, the husband definitely needs to have a role, mm-hmm. definitely needs to have a job to do, whether it's at home or outside the home. And, and I will say this, I'm going to make, I'm going to put my neck out here, but I think I can pretty uh, confidently say that most, most men probably, Probably ninety-five percent of men. I'm putting out a making up a statistic are not cut out for staying at home. Yep. Most men are not cut out. Um, men traditionally have been the hunters, you know, gone out. Uh, they need to be away sometimes uh, from from family to come back. There's an old saying: absence makes the heart grow fonder. Most most men are not wired for that. There they are some that are. But um, I think it uh, men might say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna come and I'm gonna stay. I want to be a stay at home dad for a while." I would like to interview those guys after a couple of years and see how satisfied yeah. they are. Yeah, for sure. To, to that I, mm-hmm. to that Go point, uh, Doctor Fraser, I just share a quick story. 
my wife is a nurse and right now a travel nurse working in hospitals can make around roughly a hundred dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. And we have very seriously considered um, pursuing that path for her to, and you, you have to live within a hundred miles of the hospital to be considered travel. But you know, if, if she was to go to somewhere like Knoxville or Huntsville, that'd be a four hour, three hour drive, you know, from where we live and it wouldn't be terrible. Uh, we don't have children yet. And so that, that would be another factor that wouldn't be a problem. But I, I say all that to say this, we were talking and um, Nathan and I have a mutual friend who married a woman who is a travel nurse and they have a truck and camper and they travel the United States and she works. He also works. I don't know exactly what he does, but he also has a job. And uh, my wife and I were talking about that. She said, yeah, but if, you know, if we did that, you wouldn't have to work. I was like, maybe not, but I would still be finding something to do. I need to work. I need to work. (laughs) And and I'm in full agreement. I think that there are so many men who just have that, that God wiring in our brains to where there, there's something that needs to be done. Uh, there's somewhat need to, to be productive and, and it doesn't. Okay. Nathan, I'm sorry to hijack the podcast. No, but, okay, so while we were talking, I had this thought come up and I hope it doesn't derail us too much, but I'm very, very curious from a clinical uh, or a, a, a counseling perspective. What would we, what would we say to those men who might be listening to this? And they do work, but their wives make considerably more than they do. And they feel like they need to go maybe pursue a different career path, a different degree or whatever, so that they could be, quote unquote, the breadwinner, that that they their figures have to be more than their wives. Uh, what, what might we say to a man like that? I would say quit being prideful. <laughs> I would say that's ridiculous. I would say... Be thankful for the amount of money your wife makes. That's great. Amen. Uh, yeah, that's that is so silly, um, and it has to do with pride. I think in that machismo mm-hmm. of man, um, you know, from a, a biblical perspective, we we do know that you know men men are called to contribute. It doesn't say that we're to be the the primary you know contributor. I think about, for example, um, in First uh, Timothy five eight, says, "But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever." So there is a calling to provide, but it doesn't say anything about out providing the wife. You mm-hmm. know, um, there are many very capable women out there that are uh, able to you know, bring in, in the dough. And I, I love it when I see men that are humble enough, these are macho guys, but they're humble enough to go, man, I've married a great woman, you know, and not to feel like this is some sort of competition or that this is emasculating in some way, um, as, as the husband. Yeah. Well, so that kind of leads us into this, this next part that I kind of want to talk about, because we, we mentioned that there are family roles or dynamics rather that are shifting, right. And they've shifted quite a bit. Um, and we've kind of tiptoed around it, I'm going to say, but because in the video, right, the, the girl that's asking him this question says, Hey, my, uh, my, my husband has a calling that I want to stay home and I want to take care of the dog and you go be the breadwinner, right. However you want to phrase that. And so I guess there's there's a, a clear line that we get to define that we've we've kind of hinted at it right, but it's is there a difference? And I think we would all say that there is between a stay at home dad and a dad who just wants to stay at home, right? Does that make sense? Like there's a difference there. And I think uh, Dr. Frazier, you mentioned this that there is a the, the the crux of that is is the meaning behind or the why behind you doing what you're doing, right? Because, and that again, you can go to both ends of that argument, right? Am I staying at home, the why being I'm lazy? Or am I staying at home because I don't feel as though that there's a better person equipped to teach and and take care of my family than than me, right? And the pride may very well work its way into that. Um, But you also have to take it to the other, you know, other. Am I a family that, I'm refusing to have a stay-at-home parent at all because 
I want to live a life that two incomes, right? So, and I don't mean this in like, I understand that, especially nowadays, oftentimes it takes a two income house to, to support a, you know, Most life, like even a, a minimum lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or are there, are, are, am I working as a dad or as a mom? Because I don't want to embrace some of those parental responsibilities that I have. Am I, am I looking to live a life of excess? Um, and that's why I'm avoiding. And again, I, I think the issue becomes, and we'll get into this a little bit, uh, a little bit later, rather. I think the issue becomes is, is it, 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 the video feels, Mark, to me, feels like there's not a danger in work, right? And I understand that work is a good thing. Um, you know, I think that Ecclesiastes 9.10 uh, paints that picture, right? Uh, you know, if you're going to do anything, you're supposed to do it with, with all of your might. Um, but I think there's also a danger of, of maybe working too much. And I don't want to devalue uh, maybe the idea of a stay-at-home parent, right? Whether it's a mom or a dad. Uh, and so the, the thing that I'm curious about, and I say all that, I feel like I'm rambling. I say all that, Dr. Frazier, because I'm curious about this. Have you seen a psychological impact on, on families whose dynamics shift, right? Like maybe the mom, you know, maybe those, those dynamics flip flop, right? The, the dad was working uh, and something happened and now he's staying at home while the wife works or, or is there is what's the psychological impact on the, the shifting family dynamic that we're seeing all across the country in the church, so on and so forth. It's definitely challenging, Nathan, you know, and let me address something you said a moment ago. You, you didn't use this term, but there, there can be this, um, there can be a sense of workaholism, which is addictive. Oftentimes it's, it's uh, the person gets all of their identity, the sum total of their identity from their career, uh, maybe from the power or the prestige that comes from it. Uh, I think about First Timothy six nine, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senses and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So there's that that aspect, some of the danger of uh, people working just to have more stuff, and uh, that materialistic drive that's there. So let's get that out the way. That that's sinful, right? To to make that the God of your life, the God of your family is stuff, the bigger bank account, the bigger boat, the bigger house, fancier car. Um, on, on the other side, um, your question, uh, you know, is there, when there's a shift in the, in the family dynamic and in the roles, how does that work? Well, it depends. It depends on how it's managed. Um, I think there's an inherent uh, pothole um, in danger when uh, couples make a, when a unilateral decision is made, hey, this is the way it's going to be from this day forward. We're going to be in these roles. I was talking with my wife uh, this morning on this topic and well, Missy ought to be part of this conversation. She had some really profound, you know, insightful things to to say it, I, I I really am curious what women would say to this this topic. Um, but um, a comment that Missy made, and I, I think it's it's true, is that when um, when a decision is made to to make a shift, maybe by necessity, it needs to be time proscribed. You know, so it's hey, we're gonna let's do this for six months. And then reevaluate, right? Like your free trial, right? That's let's let's reevaluate because um, sometimes it's a glorious thing and it works out great. Other times it just does not work out too great, and it opens up a, a host of temptations and uh, you know maybe self esteem struggles for the for the husband coming home. Um, a sense of I just don't know what I'm doing here at home. Um, so I, I would take it on a case by case, but does it impact the, the psychological well-being? Can it? Most definitely it can. And that's why we shouldn't bite off more than we can chew. And if couples are thinking about this and I'm talking with them and doing marriage counseling or career counseling, 
we're going to talk about you know the the art of negotiation you know with these these uh, aspects and and then just reassessing going is this working for us do we need to what do we need to do that's best for our family as a whole and uh, not just think about the short term but what about the long term what are going to be the intended and some of the unintended consequences of this yeah. as you were talking one of the things that went through my mind you talked about the the dynamics that that could play um because I, I i pictured this when i was kind of prepping for this video i thought if if i decided to stay at home uh, i don't know that i would but um if if i was staying at home and my wife was out working and was coming home every day to to me and and our, our two boys I honestly feel as though it would cause more stress on her because of the way that I would do everything right. Like now all of a sudden the organization's different, the towels are folded different, the sheets are, you know, backwards or whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great point. Um, every single case is different and every single dynamic is different. Um, but I did want to ask this question to both of you. So, can, yeah, I, can I just say one thing? Several years, <laughs> several years ago, um, I, you know, my wife, was working outside the home at the time and full-time career in education. I was doing my work in ministry and I complained about the, I made some comment about the laundry not being done. And uh, her response, um, I've learned not to mess with her. Her response was, okay, if you have a problem with the laundry, it's all yours. And so for about three months, I did all the laundry. And at the time we were doing foster care, we had five kids in, in the home, some clarification on that. After about three months, I was absolutely begging for mercy, right, with that. So um, I, would not, I would not do really well um, if, if that was my primary job because that's a never and Some of those household chores, the dishes, the laundry, never ending. Mm -hmm. And those of you that do it, you know. For sure. That can that can grind you into the ground. And yeah. so you've got to be wired a certain way yeah. to be able to do that. I was saying every single one of those things is nuanced, right? Um, you know, I've talked to husbands who, you know, have come in and said, Hey, uh, you know, I I, I tried to do the laundry um because I noticed it was getting backed up and I did it and my wife got mad at me because it made her feel guilty for not doing the laundry and, and sure everything is so nuanced when it comes to the family dynamic. Uh, it, it's really, it, it's really a, just, I, I, I don't, I, I can't find the right word for it. Uh, like interesting just doesn't feel like it is and encapsulates enough of it. Um, but the way a family operates is, is just an, a constantly evolving thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I did want to ask this question though, as, as we kind of move on here just for a second. Um, the way that family dynamic shifts, the way that we've seen culture move into this, into a realm of maybe redefining uh, roles for each other in a family, uh, parents, children, husbands, wives. Is that a danger to the church, right? Is that something, because we see this, I think, quite a bit. And I think this is where Mark is coming from. I think that's why this video is is made the way that it is, is because it appears as though the way that we, that culture, right? The way that the video is kind of portrayed is, is that the redefining of family roles and culture are encroaching their way into the church. And that is a detriment or that is a threat to uh, the way the church is designed to operate. So I want to get yours, your, yours, y'all's, I'm, I'm Southern. I want to get y'all's opinion uh, on that. All y'all, whatever. Uh, so whoever wants to go first, by all means, start, start swinging. <laughs> Well, is it a detriment? It has the potential to be if men are, are no longer willing to take up the mantle and do the, the responsibilities that God has put on them. Uh, it is very much my view, and I, I'm pretty sure I have scripture to back this up. I, I would argue that I do, that men are called to be the spiritual leaders in all instances. That, uh, broadly speaking, would be to the church and the home. And in scripture, when you see women stepping up and being the spiritual leaders, it is typically because there are no men who are taking up the mantle to be the spiritual leaders. Uh, and so when, when God hands spiritual leadership over to women and babies, men are not doing their job. 
So uh, I'm, I'm very much an advocate for male spiritual leadership in the church and the home. If, if men become lazy, which I think is at the heart of the problem with the question in the video, do you want to just stay home? You know, it's like what you said, Nathan, do you want to be a stay at home husband or do you want to be a husband who stays at home? There, there is a difference. And if laziness creeps in and we neglect to do that principle of uh, Colossians 3.17, where we're doing all things or whatever you do in word or deed, you're doing it to the name of the Lord. Well, I, I don't, maybe, maybe one of you can correct me. I don't see how you can sit at home on your rear end watching TV all day, playing video games or being involved in sin if we want to go, go that far and say that I'm doing that to, in, in the name of the Lord. You know, I, I don't see that principle coming out. So I, I do think that in the church today, we are starting to see some of that. We're seeing men who are lazy. We're seeing men who are not willing to, to preach the truth of the gospel. And I'm not saying that you should preach it harshly or crudely, but uh, we're, we're seeing men take a, a back seat to, to the way that the, the church and the home are run. And uh, it's a very popular topic now with, you know, the, the masculine movement and what it is. But uh, I, I, I do think that it can become very, very dangerous to the church if men become unwilling to, to lead. And that's really what the issue is for me is the issue of leadership. Well, and that's we talked about a few a few uh, episodes back. If you want to go back and listen to the episode that we did on women's roles with uh, with Dr. Danny Petrillo, we talked a little bit about how culture seems to be kind of swinging that other way, right? Um, that, that for whatever reason, culture is trying to, for a variety of reasons, culture is trying to thrust women into positions of leadership in the name of equality, right? And we talked about how uh, equality and, and the different roles that God established for us can, can coexist uh, very, very happily. Uh, but Joshua, you're right. I would love to see, I don't know if there's any, I didn't look any into it um, before this particular episode. I would love to see research on if Barna Group or somebody did research on the uh, the number of men in today's church that are willing to be serve as, as elders and deacons versus, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Because it seems that my own, my, my research in the sense of the, those that I talk to, uh, it seems to be that's a growing trend, right? I know that the the statistic is, is put out just about every year. I think the most recent says that we've got uh, 600, 600 pulpits that are emptying every single year. And we're putting three, 300 preachers every year into that workforce as far as being able to minister uh, to congregations. Um, and, and Joshua, I think you're right. I think that there is a trend where, and I think this is why it's becoming so popular and why those roles are becoming so skewed. There is a trend where there are women who are willing to step into those roles, even though God has not defined them that way. Uh, because men aren't. Uh, and I think that there are men that are becoming more and more comfortable allowing women to step into those roles where God says that they don't need to be. Yeah. Let me say one more thing before we get Dr. Frazier's thoughts. There is a place where, uh, and it's very apparent in scripture, where the man's responsibility to his household impacts his leadership in the church. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing about elders. If, you, if a man cannot run his house, that's why a man uh, who's going to be an elder has to be a, a husband and he has to be a father because if he can't run his own household, how is he going to run the household of God? That's what Paul says. So there is a place where the man should be present in the home, should uh, carry some of those uh, at-home burdens, if I can call them that, uh, and, and be active in the life of his children. And, and one more thing before we uh, let this go is... With, well, so we're going to touch on that in just a second too, because okay. I want to. That's, that's well, my big. That's my big crux with the video and as a whole. But go ahead. Well, with the with the position of of leadership and and men, um, it's it's not to say, and this is something that that we try to make clear in the videos that we do um, about these topics. It's not to say that women that because men have the place of leadership in the home and the church, that women have no place in the home and the exactly. church. Uh, they, they certainly do, but God has given us the tasks at hand and, and it's our job to be submissive to that God given task, uh, to the best of our abilities. Okay. Amen. Yeah, there definitely are biblical roles given, uh, related to spiritual leadership. And when you've got a vacuum of leadership, 
in the home and in the church, um, it is going to be filled with, you know, by women or um, at least in some religious groups now with uh, the gay lesbian movement, you know, issues surrounding that. We know the, the, the big issues in the Methodist church currently um, surrounding that. Yeah. Um, but um, men are, are called to lead. Men are to lift holy hands in prayer, it says. And, uh, you know, I, I think, again, just coming back to the original topic on, um, on working, on, on leading, on having a purpose, Second um, Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12 says, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, If anyone's not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Um, that that verse is tied into just our our calling to work, our calling to, as men and women, to to work, had to have responsibility. Um, but particularly when it comes to leadership um, as men, I appreciated Joshua referring to first uh, Timothy three, you know, the idea with the eldership and um, men needing to, to lead at home. And some of the, some of the statistics right now are, have been startling uh, to me in the last cup, two or three years, Lifeway publishing uh, their research arm did some research on uh, fathers that are uh, spiritual leaders in the home versus those that are not spiritual leaders in the home. Um, even when when the wife is really really faithful and takes the kids to church and leads in that way, um, but the stats that came out it showed that fathers. Um, and that's why fathers are called in Ephesians 6 to, to lead in the home, to train up the child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, when, when dads are not doing that, um, the, just the, the aftermath as, as children age out of the home and uh, leave the church, it is astounding, uh, the percentages. And I don't have those right in front of me right now. but um, Dads need need to lead in in their work, in their teaching, in their training, and uh, uh, the the family is a microcosm of the church. If it's not happening happening in the family, it's not going to be happening in the church. Yeah, and that kind of brings us to this this last point. Um, well, there's there's two more things I want to get at. One uh, is is my personal, my biggest crux of the whole video, and then as we always do, we want to round it back to what does the Bible say, but. Um, my biggest issue with the whole video um, is, is I think we've kind of said this before, is the lack of balance, right? Um, and and I because the video definitely portrays this idea that that having a job is what makes you a good husband or a good dad, and I think that there is a massive danger in that. Um, just because you have a job does not make you. A worthwhile anything um, just because you have a job does not make you a good dad just because you have a job does not make you a good husband just because you have a job doesn't make you a good person it doesn't make you it might you might could argue that having a job might make you slightly less likely uh, to have an affair with with your wife if you have a job that causes you to work 75 hours a week um, you know, maybe, maybe you just don't have time for it, right? Um, but I think that there is a massive danger in attaching the value of being a husband and father to to just having a job. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, to to your point, Nathan, having a job could make you a bad person. Absolutely. So you're working uh, so, seventy five hours a week, and your secretary is there the entire time. Um, yeah, the the opposite so, of what you said could certainly happen. You know, well, so, so I, I give you the example. One of the comments on the original video, on the original post, I went back and looked at. One of the comments talked about how um, it was a it was a woman, uh, and again, 
maybe this is the exception. Maybe this is a much more frequent thing than we realize. But she made the comment about how uh, she said for sure. And she was being sarcastic. You could read the sarcasm. I know that's difficult at times. You could read the sarcasm through her comment. But she said, absolutely. She said, our breadwinner missed bedtimes, birthdays, uh, special occasions, hospital visits, plays, recitals, ball games, etc., because they were out being a good father. Um, and I, again, that's, that's what, that was my whole issue with the video. Uh, and again, not that everything, and again, it really irritates me to admit it, but not everything that comes out of his mouth is, is always terrible. Right. Um, but when you paint this picture that, that the sole purpose of your life is to work, right. And that's the only value that you have as a husband or a father, um, that does an incredibly inadequate job of depicting what a biblical man is supposed to look like. Well, if I can play on your words, Nathan, the, the, the sole purpose of life is to work, but it's to work at being a husband. It's to work at being a father. It's to work at being an employee or a boss. It's to work at your education. You know, it's it's to labor for the those things that are higher, that you set your mind on things above and do all things to the glory of God. So, you know, I, I have not had as much opportunity as I, probably both of you to do premarital counseling or any kind of marriage counseling in, in my ministry. I'm not qualified to do a, any type of advanced type of counseling at all. But what little premarital counseling I've done usually begins with, you need to realize marriage is work, right? That's, that's part of it. You know, marriage is finding someone who can put up with your mess and then trying your, to live your life to keep the mess orderly and clean. That's that's a, a, a good way to think about it, uh, in my opinion. So that said, life is work. But if you're if you're boiling it down, like you said, Nathan, to your 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 validation as a as a man in particular, uh, boil down to your job. I, I do think that that can make you a bad person. It goes back to what Doctor Fraser said uh, a little while ago about workaholism, setting that as the idol in your life. I think it becomes a pride thing too, making uh, that your self gratification. And it comes back to me for the Christian to how much, you know, we talk about the fruit of the spirits and uh, I'm a big proponent on language and it's, it's one singular fruit. It's not the fruits of the spirit. It, it's singular in Greek and in English. But all of these things make up the one fruit. But several commentators have noted that self-control being last is sort of the icing on the cake, that without self-control, you can't really have love. You can't really have joy or peace or, or uh, long-suffering. You have to have that self-control. And I think it comes back to uh, our role as Christians, particularly with our job and our families, that we need to be self-controlled. We need to be disciplined people. And that's not something you hear a lot today. Today, it's it's being promoted. Just go do whatever you want and everything will be fine. Well, I think the Lord calls us to discipline and to lead disciplined lives and to have a disciplined family and to have a disciplined uh, life in, in church and, and uh, our religious spiritual side of life. And um, that that's missed a lot in, in what we talk about a lot with uh, the role of men. So uh, I think it, it comes down to that. Am I supposed to say something? If you more? want to add anything, I mean, no, I, I, I think Joshua is uh, spot on and um, appreciate those those sentiments, you know, about our our work and our self discipline, um, self control. You know, I, I think um, I like the term holistic. We need to look at men holistically. We need to look at fatherhood husbandhood holistically what's the what's the big picture um it's not just one thing that makes for a good husband or a good father or a good provider it's it's the big picture it's a lot of little things doing a lot of little things right and um striking that you know that that balance since it it doesn't i think uh, driscoll's the flaw in his argumentation is it's almost an all or nothing. Um, and it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Um, 
I've heard if you've got two options, A or B, go find the third option, C, which is going to be a, a, a more uh, well-balanced approach uh, to, I think, just viewing viewing families, viewing our, our couple's work, and viewing what it means to be not just a man, but what does it mean to be a man of God? For sure. Uh, there's a guy named Wayne Jones. Uh, I don't know if either of you know who that is, but Wayne Jones is a professor at Bear Valley. He has a podcast. This is a, he's not paying me to say this, this is just a shameless plug. Uh, but if you want to go listen to his podcast uh, called Authentically Adam, it's run by the Light Network. It's really, really good. Uh, and he has a lot to say. The whole, the whole purpose of his podcast is to identify what that man of God looks like. Uh, and so, but you said anything about, uh, you know, the idea that Mark Driscoll paints this picture of it being all or nothing. That's, that's his MO. I mean, that's what gets you clicks. That's what gets you views. That's what gets you popular. Um, and at the end of the day, I hate, I don't necessarily want to be that guy that places motives on him, but he's got enough recorded past and currently present he's going through all the same issues uh, at trinity right now that he was going through at mars hill but but that's what gets you paid uh in in his his line of work and so but i think uh dr phrase you hinted at something that idea of what is being a man of god we always like to round about and say you know what, what does the bible say uh about it and uh, unfortunately you guys have quoted all of the verses that that i've, I've <laughs> <laughs> the course of the discussion so uh, I this is why we, we invite on guys that are that are way smarter than me. Um, but uh, no, the one that I the one that I wrote down uh, is is the the Second Thessalonians uh, chapter three. You know the importance of work, um, but the importance of work to the extent of look, being a busybody is 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 no good, uh, and it doesn't benefit anybody. In fact, it actually is is very counterproductive to uh, the work of the church, to your work as as part of a family, um, to your Christian life as an individual, and so. Uh, yes, there's absolutely value in working, um, but the way we define that work, uh, I think, has a, a much broader spectrum than than what uh, Mark or even some members of the Lord's Church want to to put around it. So there you go. That's that's the only one I've got. I'm not going to repeat every single one that y'all y'all have already rattled I've, off. So I've I've got another one that I want to throw out there. Yeah, go for it. It'll be, be my last hoorah on this podcast. But uh, Colossians three. 23 through 24, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And in our families, that's who we're serving, whether we're in our home or outside of our home in, in the, the workplace. Um, I think keeping that that in mind, and that that's very, I think, closely tied to Nathan, the verse you had quoted from, I think, Ecclesiastes nine ten. Um, that's what that's what this is all about. How can we, um, rather than pigeonholing or stereotyping, um, how can we use uh, godly wisdom to to be men that are that are called to a and we've not used this term, but this is an older term that comes up, but called to a vocation, a vocation of spiritual leadership, a vocation of spiritual parenting, a vocation of being a, a spiritually minded a leader in the home and in, in the church and in the workplace as well. So um, we, we do have that, that responsibility and that privilege and blessing. A God crowned man is the, the crown of his creation. Um, we have that blessing, um, that that privilege of of being leaders and of being just being good men, because good men make a huge difference. Yeah. I'll say one more thing, and that'll be my last hoorah to borrow from Dr. Frazier's words. Uh, there, there are two things in the Bible that are always put in the negative. And that's laziness and debt. It, the Bible says nothing good about laziness and nothing good about debt. Um, now, that's not to say that the Bible doesn't say good things about rest. Rest implies work. So um, not to make those two connections. But I, I, we've, we've said it all, the, all over. But uh, the motive, are you, are, you, are you a lazy individual? And if you are, what could you do today 
to rectify that problem. And no, no one can make you do anything. It starts with you and you can sit here and listen to this podcast for an hour and it can be motivating to you, but motivation doesn't work because motivation is here today and gone tomorrow. So it's, it's gotta be something that ignites in, in your spirit to say, I'm going to be the man of God that uh, God wants me to be. And, uh, and if you're a woman listening to this, I would also say if you're struggling with this with your husband, if your husband is, is lazy, um, do, do what Peter says to the wives there that with a quiet and gentle spirit, uh, with your example, you can lead, uh, you can win your husband. And, uh, I, I certainly believe that seen it happen many times. So, uh, that, that'll be, that'll be all I have to say about that. For sure. Well, I'm not going to add anything. I think you guys wrapped it up pretty, pretty well. Dr. Frazier, again, thank you so much yes. for, uh, for being on with us today. Um, as always, guys, be sure to, uh, wherever you're listening to this or watching this, be sure to like, subscribe, share it. Uh, tell your friends about it. Put it on social media. Um, we don't have the prettiest of faces, but we do appreciate it when people uh, share us with their with their friends and family, right? And so uh, if you're ever in uh, in the West Tennessee, specifically Obion County area, come by and see me. If you're ever over in uh, Rutherford County in Murfreesboro, you can go see Joshua. Uh, and if you're ever in uh, the Henderson, Tennessee area, uh, if you're in need of like some crisis counseling, I know a guy down there. Don't come uh, see me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we'll see you.